0: How do I charge a car? Can I
1: charge it in the rain? How
0: far can I drive? Electric car? What's a power grid? Is
1: V2G possible?
0: What is V2G? Do I get free parking for
1: my EV? Hello everyone and welcome to Electric Avenue, a podcast about the electric mobility revolution and new energy economy as seen from our perspective out here in Central and Eastern Europe. I'm your host, Aaron Fishbone, communications director at electric mobility company Greenway based in Bratislava, Slovakia. You know, Electric Avenue, especially for those of you who are regular listeners or newcomers, it's a podcast about electric mobility, the everyday use of electric vehicles, the small initiatives as well as the bigger picture, and how we can hasten the uptake of electric vehicles to make them increasingly commonplace. On this podcast, we look at it from our professional and our geographic standpoints. As a charging station operator, working every day to serve our customers and to grow the electric mobility ecosystem, and because we're working in Central and Eastern Europe. So those two frames inform our perspective. There's a lot going on in electric mobility. I mean, if we thought 2018 had a lot going on, 2019 has even more in store. There are already 5 million electric vehicles on the road worldwide and it's like new developments are announced every single day. It's really hard to keep up with them all. So for the latest, let's check in at the office.
2: Hi, this is Oksana Ferencova, and I'm a new producer on the show. Right as we are getting to release this episode on Poland, the global strike Friday for Future took place on March 15th in Bratislava and other cities and we went to be there and cover it. What we are hearing now in the background is a protest organized by high school students. Some 2,000 young people have gathered at a square in the Slovak capital, skipping school in order to say or scream that our planet is in a real dire environmental crisis. This is Jakub Herban, one of the organizers of today's climate strike.
3: Today the strike in Slovakia is part of an international event or movement and that's happening all around the world, uh, I think around 100 countries. It was uh, started half a year ago by a young Swedish student Greta Thunberg And basically, it's very simple. It's young people raising voice against politicians who haven't done much for last few decades to really prevent climate change. And the time's running out, and and we as a young generation, and for the generations that will come after us, we really start to realize it's really a question about survival.
2: Uh, It's government and parliament, which can directly do something about it. How can you convince them to do something about
3: it? I think that the solutions have been on the table for quite some time now. So for us as, as young people, it is really just to raise our voices, like I said, and make them realize that by doing nothing, they are participating in really making the future of young people unclear and unsafe.
2: Is your initiative aiming to ordinary people as well, to be more active in these issues?
3: What do you mean by ordinary? I think, like uh, me. <laughs> I mean, do you have a children? Yeah. Yeah. So I think this is uh, the emotion or, or the message that we want to send out. That it's about children. It's about young people. Therefore, it's about their parents. Really trying to get the attention by children saying that we are afraid of our future and if if we're going to survive and how we're going to survive, I hope it could make a lot of people realize that, okay, there is a problem. We have around 12 years left to do something about it or it's going to be completely unstoppable and unsolvable.
2: What do you consider the most urgent areas of our environment we should improve?
3: I think on the scale of individuals, definitely amount of waste we are producing and then on a governmental scale I think it's definitely the problem of the amount of emissions we are producing. It's causing global warming, therefore the, the oceans are rising and it's going to have a huge impact on the cities and states that directly border with, with the sea. In Slovakia, it's, I see a problem in still supporting industries like coal mining, which is very, very unhealthy for the environment, not only by digging into the ground, but also the production and, and the way uh, you're working with the coal after it's, it's dug up. And of course, the amount of forest we are cutting down. And if, if you think about it, we already polluted the atmosphere so much with CO2 emissions and other greenhouse gases, and uh, really trees are the only weapon we have to clear it out.
2: Is it the immobility the way out of the situation?
3: There were a lot of discussions five, ten years back about you know supporting public transports and putting carbon tax on buying cars and other on fuels. I don't think it's it, it proved to be a good solution because it's costing average people a lot of money and a lot of security. I think definitely, you know, especially in cities, supporting bikes and public transport is a way how we can reduce emissions. But in a big scale, I think we are already on a level where we have to push towards governments and towards big corporations to stop emissions and change, flip the switch, like you say, and and change to more sustainable product-making and development and economic for example, like uh, electric cars.
2: Well, actually, we are here at the Slovak National Uprising Square, as you can hear the atmosphere around. Here is Aaron, hi!
1: Hi!
2: Good to see you here at the ongoing climate protest. You heard what one of the organizers, uh, Jakub, has just said. What do you think about uh, his standpoints?
1: Thanks. Yeah, no, wouldn't miss being here, actually. Um, And like he said, the issue of the state of the planet is an issue affecting absolutely every single one of us. And, you know, he said parents should care a lot because it's the planet that we're going to pass on to our our children. And I think he's absolutely right about this. I mean, I'm here with my two-year-old, my wife's over there with our three-month-old. So, you know, obviously we care a lot about what we're going to be passing to our children. And, in fact, there's a bunch of colleagues from Greenway over there, too. I mean, the kids organizing these demonstrations are really, I think, leading the charge uh, about, raising awareness on climate change and the issues that are going on in you know in the planet. They have been more successful, as I've seen in the last few weeks and months, than the leading scientists in the world and the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change with all of their reports. I mean and they're scared and rightfully so. So we're here to support them. We want to show that we support the work they're doing organizing and activism and their demands, that you know decision makers really take this threat seriously, finally wake up to the need to confront and really help transition us to a cleaner future. Otherwise by the time these children are in their fifties and sixties the planet will be unrecognizable and some parts of it will be uninhabitable
2: you mentioned you are here with uh, your colleagues uh, actually there are many I think about ten Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. so what brought you here all of you
1: I mean you know Working towards a cleaner, lower emissions future and transitioning the vehicle fleet off of diesel is a driving force for the company Greenway, and certainly one of the motivating factors for the company Greenway and why we are working in the field of electric mobility. And this is an urgent situation and demands urgent responses from everybody, so that's why we're here and that's why we came. What is
2: your reaction to Jakub's opinions regarding the issue of immobility? He mentions uh, public transport, bikes uh, and electric vehicles.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, look. I think electric vehicles are far cleaner and far better than combustion engine vehicles, and so we need to transition our fleet from combustion engine to electric as soon as possible. In Europe alone, this will reduce greenhouse gas emissions by up to a third, and in other parts of the world where the vehicles are even dirtier um, or older, it could be even more. Um, and certainly, the issue of where does the energy come from is also a factor. But you know, at least we can reduce the emissions from the tailpipe emissions, you know, immediately just by switching to electric. And electric vehicles also have the capacity to get energy from renewable energy sources in a way that combustion engine vehicles never will be able to. So that's really important. But look, I'm also a huge fan of public transit and riding bicycles. I mean, I live in the city and I don't own a vehicle and I use public transit or ride a bicycle nearly every single day, especially in urban areas where congestion is an issue, like number of vehicles on the roads is an issue. Then having shared vehicles using public transit is especially important. But in terms of vehicles, whether it's public private, shared, part of a fleet or also municipal buses, those vehicles should be electric and we should transition them as quickly as possible.
2: I talked to some young people here protesting and I asked them about the electric vehicles, uh, if they would consider buying them. And some of them told me they wouldn't because they are not less polluting than combustion engine cars. What would you say?
1: I mean, we hear that a lot, and I think that there's a lot of different information and misinformation out there. Certainly, the energy and the materials that go into producing the battery can be energy intensive. That is for sure true, and something that is being improved. Same with the energy that goes into the electricity, right? In some countries, like Poland, for example, it is primarily coming from coal. Therefore, it is very dirty energy that comes into the electricity system. But in other countries where there's hydro, there's solar, wind, or nuclear, it is much, much cleaner. There's a whole bunch of studies that I could point you to. Most recently, one from Bloomberg New Energy Finance that recently came out saying that over the course of its lifetime, battery electric vehicle is far better than a diesel vehicle from the environmental perspective.
2: Thank you, Aaron.
1: Thank you, Oksana.
2: Young people in the streets saying our future is unclear, and unsafe and let's do something about it before it's too late. Where the messages coming out of Bratislava last week. This is definitely not the last time we are hearing about climate change on this show. But for now that's all and now back to the studio.
1: Today we're going to continue our exploration throughout the region by heading over the Tatras Mountains to Poland, our neighbor to the north. Bratislava calling Poland, Bratislava calling Tricities. Can you hear me, Tricities?
3: Yes, I can hear you.
1: <laughs> Super. And we have a very special guide for this journey. Who knows as much about electric mobility as anyone in Poland, the CEO of Greenway Polska Rafał Ciauszewski. Hi, Rafał. Thanks for joining us today. Hi,
0: Aaron. Uh, Thanks for the invitation.
1: It's really exciting because we were also able to get an interview with... Uh, My name is Jacek Piol. ...local Polish electric vehicle expert, enthusiast, entrepreneur, and now, City Council member Jacek Fjord.
4: But I've always been involved in uh, clean energy issues. Uh...
1: Now he travels around the world covering clean tech breaking news with the magic press credentials of Clean Technica. But before he got famous, he spoke with us about this topic. So now we have an interview with Jacek, and we have Rafal here to add to the debate. Let's dive in. Poland is a country of 40 million people with nearly 20 million vehicles, a large market for secondhand vehicles from Germany. And according to Jacek, electric mobility only really started there about five years ago and has really only picked up steam in the past two years. So, Rafal, how do you see it?
0: According to the official data, the last year ended with about 2.6 thousand pure electric vehicles. Mm -hmm. But of course, I must admit that this figure is much lower than our aspiration and forecast uh, presented by the Polish government two years ago. Uh, At the time, the government assumed 20,000 electric uh, cars uh, this year and 1 million in 2025. I think that the main problem are inadequate incentives for EV buyers and therefore quite low involvement of OEMs operating in Poland. Right.
1: And so what about the vehicle industry itself? Let's hear from Jacek. Because we are not so enthusiastic about e-mobility in general as
4: a nation, we are not a priority market for manufacturers. So they are not pushing the sales here, right? I know stories of companies who inquired about buying electric vehicles for the corporate fleets, and they couldn't really do it because, you know, dealers were not able to provide that many vehicles. I know it sounds ridiculous, but that's what's happening. The environment, the you know, the conditions are there. Today we only need to push up the sales, that's all that is needed.
1: I mean, I must say, Rafael, you know, this is one of the most recurrent comments that we hear as we meet with people from all over the region. This lack of availability of electric vehicles in their markets. Why do you think this is?
0: It's all about incentives, because other European countries, especially Western, uh, they governments provide uh, incentives for EV buyers. So the manufacturers see the opportunity for the sales on this local market. Therefore, they uh, put all the efforts and supply of uh, vehicles there. You know, I I think that uh, this situation will change in the next years. And uh, the main driver is the policy of car makers. Almost all of them have already announced a launch of a number of new electric cars. They are forced to do so by uh, regulations, um, because if they want still to sell internal combustion, in the future they have to reach from 20 to 30 percent of EVs in the sales in the next let's say five years right. or also so, low
1: emission fuels mm-hmm.
0: sure sure so this means that OEMs needs to convince quite a significant portion of the customers to buy electric cars so this will change the situation on the overall European market but there is another topic important in Poland We used to buy a quite significant percentage of used cars uh, imported from... Right. uh, is quite famous for that, yeah. But I think that when new electric models will be delivered by manufacturers to Western Europe, I think that uh, we will observe here in Poland and this region an increase of the import of the first generation of electric vehicles, so it can have substantial impact on the market as well.
1: Mm Interestingly, when we were talking with our friend from Ukraine, uh, he told us that they receive about 5% of their new vehicles are electric, but they are imported from the United States as secondhand vehicles sold there. Right. Yeah, that's quite interesting. So we've asked Jacek, is the government taking any steps towards eco-mobility in Poland?
4: Governmental agencies, local governments, imposes an obligation to make sure that the fleet of these institutions is 10% electric by 2020. So these are hard figures and it's going to be pushed. I'm not sure it's realistic, that's the other story, but at least the act is pushing towards that change. Of course, it is giving a few incentives to like regular people uh, who wants to get an EV. Unfortunately, the incentives are mostly non-financial, let's say. So it's things like, you know, okay free pre-parking in city centers is a bit financial, but it's small. Uh, you can use uh, bus lanes in city centers. Uh, you don't pay excise duty. But in general, these are the things that are nice and uh, but they are not incentives that will actually push uh, the sales, that's my feeling. And uh, there is a lot of discussion if if financial incentives are good or bad. I do believe they are needed in a country like Poland. We are not believers, like, you know, we are very pragmatic.
1: Is that all the government is doing? I know that there is a law on electric mobility and alternative fuels. Can you explain a little bit what that includes? Uh, Yes. Generally, this
0: law sets out uh, some uh, basic principles on how the market especially for charging services is organized. Generally, in some cases it uh, helps us, but in some in it uh, also imposes additional burdens on companies investing in chargers. I also must agree with that the main advantage of this law is that for two years there have been quite an intensive debate about electromobility. In Poland, which I think rises public awareness on the subject. Mm. So nowadays, this is a quite popular topic, and uh, it uh, for sure will influence the future demand for electric cars in the country. Mm-hmm. And additionally, what is I think important, these new regulations uh, will start a new initiative implementation of something called low emission transportation funds. The main purpose of this instrument is to provide financing for the development of the overall electromobility ecosystem in Poland. The budget of the fund will be quite significant because it's about 2.5 billion euros in the next few years. So I hope that this will accelerate the adoption of electric transportation in Poland.
1: Well, you know, there's an expression in English, at least, saying putting your money where your mouth is. And like you said, 2.5 billion euros is quite a significant amount of money. So when we talk about electric vehicles, we always have to be talking about charging infrastructure as well, because they go hand in hand. You can't have the vehicles without the infrastructure and vice versa. And the question of which comes first is a regular debate going on all over, but I think there are different cases which have sort of started to settle this debate. Well, let's hear from Jacek.
4: When we have this chicken and egg thing, what should be first? Electric vehicles or charging stations, charging stations or electric vehicles. I think Poland is at this stage where uh, the chicken is greenway and we will have charging stations before we have electric vehicles, because the infrastructure we have today is quite enough to actually move around freely in Poland. It's more a mental barrier. People still talk about the chargers. Uh, Most people still don't understand. You don't need a charger to charge a car. You can do it at home. It's, uh, again, something we need to educate people about, and it will take time.
1: Well, I guess this is the only situation where I'd want the company that we work for to be called a chicken. Um, But Greenway's obviously done a lot to build out the charging infrastructure in Poland. Um, uh, you know, thanks to your leadership and the work of your team. Do you agree with Jacek's assessment that there really are enough chargers and it's really now about education?
0: Yes, I, I fully agree. I think that this major barrier is, is over. and Poland, uh, now we have about 500 public chargers, including 150 quick ones. So it generally allows to travel freely around the country, Greenway. So far, uh, we have 100 of them, so we have a, a roughly about 70% market share regarding fast charges in Poland. But I think that at the moment we have some other challenge, mainly related to night charging. Quite a large part of people in Poland live in a block of flats with almost no access to private chargers or garages. So their cars are parked during the night on the streets and currently the owners of those vehicles have no option even to submit a request to install a private or public charger on the street near his or her flat.
1: I guess it's not just limited to Poland. It's, I think, widespread throughout Europe that people live in apartment flat blocks. So this is something that needs to be figured out for sure. Well, one thing that large number of people can do is ride an electric buses. And I know in Poland that this is a large topic, especially as Poland has two of the largest electric bus manufacturers of uh, Eusaris and Solaris in there. Rafa, what do you see the role of electric buses in in popularizing the concept of electric mobility among the Polish people?
0: I think that uh, soon there will be a big change regarding public transport, especially big cities in Poland. The municipalities have ambitious plans to convert the fleet into an electric. It is also defined in the new legislation, uh, which uh, forces the municipalities to convert at least uh, 30% of the fleet into electric in upcoming years. And uh, as I said before, there will be also additional financing provided by the Low Emission Transportation Fund. So there is a good climate for this change.
1: That's great. I mean, 30% is a pretty large number. And once you have one third of all of the major municipalities fleets switching over to electric, supply chain will be improved, the knowledge base will be improved, the economies of scale will be so much greater, you would hope to see you know, rapid adoption well beyond 50% at that rate quite easily. What about the role of public education? I mean, that's something that I think is really important to touch on and we haven't exactly yet. How much public education and awareness raising needs to be done to make the, the wider public aware of electric mobilities and, and bust the myths that they might have about it or the fears?
0: I think that over the last two three years, we have seen a significant change in the approach to electromobility. You know, two or three years ago, only a few enthusiasts uh, knew what was going on. Now, because of this discussion about the law, the awareness of electric vehicles is much deeper. There are, I think, thousands of people considering switching to an electric car. Of course, there's still the problem of the supply, which we which we discussed. And there is other topic, uh, which is the air pollution. People understand that if we had much more electrified transport, we would live in a cleaner and calmer environment. It is a very hot topic nowadays.
1: As it okay. needs to be, yeah. And what about Jacek? Where does he see Poland going in the next five years?
4: Our prime minister today, two years ago, he said he would like to have one million electric vehicles in Poland by 2023 or 2025. Whichever the case, is. very optimistic, kind of unrealistic. But I like having this goal. (laughs) Let's see what happens. I think in five years time, we'll be talking about a market that is really speeding up. The danger for Poland today is, as I said, we are pragmatic. Diesel cars from Germany will get cheaper and cheaper because they will, you know, take up electric vehicles quicker. And uh, the danger for Poland is that we will start buying the cheap diesels from Germany and that will basically stop the revolution for another couple of years because instead of buying electric, people will buy good, new, cheap diesel cars.
1: All right, that was Jacek Fior in Poland on the recording. And you can follow his ongoing writings about clean tech on the web portal Cleantechnica. And I'm sure he'll be keeping Greenway on our toes as he continues to cover developments in his home country of Poland. And I also want to thank the CEO of Greenway Polska, Rafael Szalczewski. Thank you, Rafael. Thank you. Thank you for joining us and sharing your insights and leading our tour throughout Poland. Dear listeners, please let us know your comments and your suggestions. You can reach us at my email, which is aaron.fishbone at greenwaynetwork.com, or tweet at us at gwoperator.com. You can leave a rating or review on iTunes or SoundCloud, searching for Electric Avenue Podcasts. We have guests calling in from Central and Eastern Europe. As a result, we had some technical problems, which might have made some of the listening a little bit harder to follow. Anyway, thank you for your patience. And I finally want to thank our producer, Katarina Urban-Richterova. I want to thank the production studio here in Bratislava, Slovakia, K2 Zvuk. I'm Aaron Fishbone. Until next time, we wish you many happy and safe electric kilometers wherever you drive.